I credit our group, uh, not just, I think myself was, was more watching how well our group orchestrated it. Uh, our assistant GMs, Travis Schling, Kirk Lacob, uh, and the relationships we had with Minnesota. Uh, Larry Harris, one of our scouts, is close to Flip Saunders. So it all happened very quickly, but once we were able to obtain that pick, we then tried to move back a little bit, which we were successful to do, and get off some of the money we spent and um, a player we actually took on. So it all happened pretty quickly, but we're happy with the result. Why did you take Nedovic? What do you like about him? Well, Lowell, we like a lot of things about him. We like his size. One of the things we like in all our players, um, one of the things we covet and value is size at your position. And we think a 6'4 point guard that's athletic and can attack the basket uh, is a great asset. Those are the, some of the major reasons why we liked him. We like his youth. He just turned 22. Um, we, uh, we like his decision making. Plays, played a lot in the pick and roll. I don't know if people have had a chance to see some of his highlights. Tax the rim. We've got a lot of great shooters on this team and uh, that are very good at that, but we felt like we needed another player that can attack the rim, and uh, he's very good at that. Bob, in all honesty, what's the chances of him making this team? Oh, we think he's going to make the team. Uh, I, I think we have no doubt that he'll make this team. When he'll come over, we'll have to look at that and work that out. Uh, he's got a European contract, so that'll be a negotiation um, with his with his European club. But uh, as far as talent goes and ability to play in the NBA, he has it. How much opportunity he'll get will depend on what kind of roster we go into the season with. But we have every expectation that whether it's this year or next year, he'll be on this team and a, and a contributor at, at, at some point. That's the hope. At what point in the round did you think you should get in and at what point did you think you could get in? Well, this was an interesting draft. It's very unique and rare, Ray, to be able to get a first-round pick without giving up a first-round pick or a player. I'd have to look back at the recent history, but to get in the first round and to get in at 26 without giving up a future first or giving up a player is a unique opportunity. So we jumped at that opportunity and realized this was a rare moment to, uh, to grab a first-round pick, and uh, we, we took it. And we realized that probably halfway through the first round, about pick 15, 16. What you do is you're often looking at teams that have multiple picks, and when Minnesota made the trade with Utah, we saw that they were then having 14, 21, and 26, and that's a team that likely is looking to move one of those picks. So we immediately got on the phone with them, and we evaluated uh, what the opportunities were to get 21, uh, to get 26, and uh, ultimately worked out a deal to get 26. But it, it happened at about the 18th or 17th pick that we acquired 26. Bob, what what made you not get a big and fill a need? Was it that you really liked Nedovich or you weren't that high on the bigs available? Well, we feel like we have a need also in a guard that can attack the rim. Uh, we feel like we still have a need at the big, big spot as well. We feel like we can fill that hopefully in free agency. But we just felt like this was a talent we couldn't pass up on. Uh, like I said, size at his position, upside, youth. We looked at some of the bigs, to be fair. I think when we evaluate the draft, uh, the goal, like I said, is, is to draft players that are big for their position. And we felt like he fit that mold. Size is paramount in this league. And uh, we're trying to be a big team and big at each position. We felt like Nedovich 
uh, was a better talent than any of the bigs on the board as far as upside. And uh, also, like I said, a guy that attacks the rim at his position was something that we felt like we could use. Also, given understanding that he might not be here this year, but does this affect what you might do with Jarrett Jack, what you might be able to offer him, given that this guy's a point guard, a playmaker, uh, somebody you think is going to be on this team? No, I don't, Tim, I don't think this will affect the pursuit of Jack. I think we'll pursue him with the same vigilance that we would have if we hadn't made this pick. So we thought Jarrett Jack did a great job for us, and um, we're going to attempt to re-sign him. What we really thought here was... Uh, one of the things that, that we talk about amongst our organization and, and uh, Jerry West, one of the things you'll hear him say often is you have to acquire assets. I think this organization over the last two years has done a tremendous job of acquiring assets, enough that we really could have gotten quite a few picks in this draft should we have chosen to do so. We feel like as an organization we've assembled a team of young assets, and tonight we were able to add another one of those. And those are the, those are the people and players in the NBA that people covet the most, young, talented assets. And um, that's the model we believe in, and that's the approach we follow. And we think we um, add one of them tonight. Can you talk about how uh, wild and crazy this draft was? It looked pretty wild from here. Was it that way in the back? Yeah, this was uh, every year. It's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of stress. It's a lot of fun. Um, but this was a different one. And I think what could you glean from this draft? I'm not sure. I mean, may maybe people, um, there, was a, there was a ton of movement. There was um, a lot of teams looking to make deals, a flurry of deals. I'm not sure. We haven't looked back how many deals were actually made in the first round. It has to be one of the highest in recent history as far as how many trades were made in the first round. At least a quick reaction would be something like that. But um, you know what? I, t I, talk, I was talking to one of our scouts about 15 minutes ago, and he said, you know what our group did a nice job of is you could not have possibly um, transacted all the things that we did without the help of our entire front office and scouting staff. If I, if I was trying to do all these things by myself, we could not have done this. There's no chance. I mean, we have two guys on the phone, whether it's Travis on the phone with Minnesota or one of our scouts on the phone with Phoenix as we make these things happen. Um, Oklahoma City, it's a team effort, and that's, uh, that's the only way you accomplish what we accomplished, where you're able to get a first-round pick for what we think is not a, not a ton of cash and a future second. It just, it's just a very rare thing, but it was a group effort and a team effort. Can you say when you go to 26, are you thinking maybe get somebody there, or is it strictly you're definitely going to move back? And were, was there someone else that was on the board with him? You said you took a look at you had a couple guys spotting. Did he go before 30? Did he go in that in that process yeah, there? It's a good. Well, I'll, I'll lay it out for you guys because this is kind of an insight into what transpired. We liked Nedovich when we got 26, but we felt like we could maybe move back to get Nedovich. And this is why relationships matter, and this is why teamwork matters. When we were able to acquire 26, we looked at each other and said, should we try to move back, right? That's what we talked about. Maybe we don't need to take Nedovich at 26. So you get on the phone with his representative, uh, because you know his representative, and you say, where do you think Nedovich is going? And he said, we think he starts at 31. We think that's where he starts. So in our minds, 
we have a little bit of room to move back and you have to trust who you're talking to. Um, and we did because you have relationships and we were told if you get to, th you, you can go as far back as 30. So immediately then we started working on what could we then get to move from 26 to 30. We got a good amount of financial relief. We got off a player that we had to take on. So in the matter of 15 minutes, uh, we were able to save the organization a pretty good chunk of money and still get the player we wanted. And, and we were able to do that because we had the knowledge that the player we wanted would still be available um, at 30. And also we acted on the knowledge that that player that we wanted might not be available after 30. Uh, and we did hear, whether it's true or not, that um, there was a decent chance the player would have, that we picked Nedovich might have gone with the next pick. Never know for sure, but pretty good, pretty good source. Strictly him all the way then? Well, we, had, we liked another guy as well, but once we got to 26, we were targeting Nedovich. Um, you'd said earlier in the day that to essentially buy into the first round cost somewhere in the neighborhood of $3 million. Um, when all the ramifications were said and done, how much money did you expend to get all these things done and then get the guy you wanted at the spot you wanted? So the net, the net cost after everything was done was $600,000. And we also, as you know, gave up a future second round pick, which is in 2014. But <laughs> there was two or three things that happened to reduce the net cost from a, from a much larger number um, to get to 600,000. And I really credit our staff and the people in the room for exploring a lot of different ideas. We could have easily sat there, stayed at 26, having spent more money net, having taken on a player, and drafted Nedovich. But because we have some pretty smart people in the room and very creative people, we said, why don't we try to get off some of the money? Why don't we try to get off the player that we had acquired? and still get Nedovich at 30. And we were able to do that. Um, and that, in the amount of 10, 15 minutes, which was, I'm sure everybody was here sitting saying, well, they got the 26 pick, now they got the 20, what are these guys doing? Well, we got some pretty smart people in our room that did a great job um, making all that happen. But that was the net cost. Yeah. He's got a buyout, but he could come this year if he, if he were to negotiate out, it's possible. We talked to him tonight. He's a uh, wonderful kid. Speaks great English. Very, uh, very, um, very excited to be drafted by our team. You can hear it in his voice. He's in Belgrade right now. Um, but uh, yeah, he could come now. It's, it'll be a negotiation, and if, if he thinks that's best for him, and we do, it's a little bit different than when we drafted Onion last year, where we knew full well he was going to stay over there. This is a decision we'll make uh, in the near future uh, with his representative and himself as to what's best for him and us. Oh, sorry. Uh, what was the, uh, I guess, the most shocking thing for you in this draft? Was it Bennett going number one, or, or was it, you know, something else that happened later? Man, um, you know, this was an interesting year where there was not a consensus, even at number one, two, three, four, five. I mean, I think even from a from a uh, curiosity perspective, since we weren't really in the draft and knew we wouldn't be in the draft in the top 10 or top 14 picks, it was, uh, it was exciting. It was, we, we kind of watched it as, as spectators for the first part of the draft. And uh, what you learn from this draft, Marcus, is 
everybody values each guy differently. Uh, this wasn't a year where all 30 teams agreed on who should be the first pick or the second or third or fourth pick. It became a draft where, you know, whatever that team liked and whatever they saw, they were going to go with. And uh, made, made it pretty exciting. Made it pretty exciting. I'm not sure anybody got this mock draft right. And will Nedovich play in Las Vegas with you guys in the summer league and, will that, and how he plays there? Will that have an impact on whether you decide to bring him over this year? Or? Yeah, we talked to his agent, and we're going to talk about hopefully making that happen, depending on his um, national team obligations. But uh, it'll, it'll depend on what he has to do over there. But our hope is to watch him in the summer league, and hopefully we can make that happen. We'll, we'll have more information on that in the next two, three days, hopefully. Bob, was he in Treviso? Uh, yeah, he was in Treviso. And did you meet him? Travis saw him. Kirk and I got there the next day. Our European scout was there. He played well enough where he left, ironically, mm -hmm. uh, like a lot of guys do. The other player, Lucas Nagera, played um, the day, uh, the day, the first day, and also decided not to play anymore. But he's a guy our European scout um, had seen as well, and he's a guy that we probably spent more time in our draft room over the last week watching film on him, studying him than any other player uh, in the draft and felt like uh, he just fit a lot of our needs. Also how his numbers don't seem spectacular in the leagues he's playing. How advanced do you think he is? He's someone, can you say that if it works out he could possibly get minutes in an NBA team right now? Yeah, Tim, you know what? It's hard to say because the European game is very different. The amount of possessions you are able to get, uh, you know, he's a 22-year-old playing against some pretty uh, pretty advanced players in age, played in some good good EuroLeague games. Um, it'll be different. The NBA game is different than the European game. You don't see these eye-popping stats, um, whether it's assists, points, rebounds. The EuroLeague, it's, uh, it's not as fast-paced. Like I said, not as many possessions. So... We're excited to see him. Like I said, the things that jump out at us are his size, athleticism, ability to get the rim. He needs to work on his shooting. He's not a finished product. I think a thing, a, a character trait that we're trying to build on this team is toughness. Uh, he's got a brashness about him. He's competitive. If you watch some, some film on him or are able to, he's, he's fearless. And um, we actually got a, a text from one of the coaches, an NBA assistant coach that coached him in the EuroLeague uh, and told us, great pick. I loved coaching this guy. He's got a great attitude. So we have a lot of things to be excited about. Um, but we want to get our hands on him, get him with our coaches, and, and, and get a better look at him before we start laying out what, what his future will be. What's your uh, confidence level that you can you know, solidify your front court through free agency and trades? I don't know, Marcus. I mean, I've been involved in 14, 15 free agencies some couple from this side, some from the other side. I've seen players get overpaid. I've seen players get underpaid. I've seen players get signed and traded. The one thing I learned was whatever you usually think, you're wrong. So you prepare for 10 different outcomes and hope that uh, as you move down the line, uh, you get a result you want. Last year is a great example. A lot of people thought uh, we should move quick and sign Rush. A lot of people thought Rush would get an offer sheet. A lot of people thought you're crazy to go after Landry. Uh, you wouldn't get him. A lot of people thought when we did get him, he was the wrong guy to get. You never know. A lot of it is, uh, a lot of it is um, how, the, how the market decides to value players. It's, it's not a huge market because there's 30 teams. It's a domino type thing where um, teams with cap space 
if they don't get a certain player, they move on to another one. But we're confident, and we did spend a lot of time on that this week, as we looked at the available fives, the available fours, we felt like there was enough of them. And the fact that we have a coach that people like to play for, we have an organization now that is viewed as a winner, we felt like if it came down to a tie on some of the players we were going after, we could win that tie. But it's going to be tough. We're going to have to work every relationship. We're not probably going to be the biggest spenders in free agency, so we're going to have to work extra hard. We're going to have to, we're going to, have to sell this organization, sell this team uh, to, to, to prospective free agents and to hope that um, somebody sees it as a fit. Landry took a gamble on us last year. We hadn't been a winner. We told him we were going to turn this thing around, and uh, he believed us, and uh, we backed up our words. So we're hopeful that when we sit down across from free agents this year or we're on the phone with their agents and we say, this is a place where you can come and win and enjoy yourself, um, that they believe us. We may or may not re-sign Carl Landry, but the fact that he mentions publicly that it was the most fun he's ever had playing basketball and the most enjoyable year of his career, that means something. And it wasn't the most he got paid in a year either. He's been paid more than that. So it's not always about the money, um, but we're going to work hard and we think we can come up with somebody in the front court to help this team. How badly did you need to be in this draft uh, once you took a look at it? How, how strong was the desire to get in there no matter what? I don't think, Tim, I, th I think um, we were happy to not be in the draft. Uh, obviously, we have an ownership group that's very aggressive. Uh, you don't like just sitting and watching and bystanding. I would describe what we did as, as we grasp an opportunity that we thought uh, existed in getting the 26th pick. It'd almost be like watching the market and seeing a stock you like go, all of a sudden get to a price you didn't think was, was going to get to, and you grab it. And um, I'll just go back to the, 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 the trait and um, the approach that we are always working on and working towards, which is to grab an asset. Um, the best organizations have uh, ways to find young assets. and grab opportunities when they see them. So if we didn't see this opportunity or if the price to get the 26th pick was a future first or a player, we weren't going to be in that game. But when the price to grab the 26th pick was, was uh, money that our owner was willing to spend and a future second round pick that we hope is late next year, if all things go well, uh, if team has a good record, it will be a late second round pick. We felt like it was worth getting in this draft and grabbing the player we thought held the most value and the most upside for us.